On today's show, Dallas Mavericks fall in game one against the Utah Jazz. Game two coming up tonight, Luka Doncic. Will he play? And we'll talk about what worked and what didn't in game one on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. Subscribe to the show, and the best way you can help us is by comment. Leave a comment, comment on somebody else's comment. Don't fight. Don't fight down there, but <laughs> please leave a comment. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com. The comment king, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Listen, I'm trying to up my volume. My my voice hurts. <laughs> and y'all always complain about the volume on my mic. So I'm trying. But if you celebrate Easter, happy Easter, happy late Easter. Hey. As that was... Uh, what my Sunday consisted of and hunting eggs with my little ones. And they're right at this age where it's like first egg hunt in like our backyard since we Ooh, moved and all of that's that. Fun. And you know what makes it less exciting is when you don't color the eggs. Like actually like the, they're just white eggs. Well, we got the white eggs, but they didn't want to do like the dip it into the dye. So like, hey, let me just cry use a crayon. And it's like, well, bro, I'm just out here like hunting white eggs in the grass. Like this looks weird as <laughs> crap. You didn't do the plastic with plastic eggs with like stuff in them. We did like the little confetti stuff. I would but think that makes it way less fun if there's no candy or. It money just looks inside. weird. I'm like the neighbors are probably like they just bought some eggs at Kroger and just like threw them out in the grass. <laughs> I was like, well, well, my kid's happy, so it's all that matters right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts and where we start today. Luka Doncic officially, officially listed as doubtful for Game Two. Officially listed as doubtful, so we don't think he's going to play. We've been working on the the assumption he's not going to play in Game One or Game Two because of the draw and the way that the games kind of shook out. But there is a couple of good news items for Jason for Luka Doncic. Jason Kidd spoke after practice and said Luka participated in some practice, all of practice actually. He said the Mavs did some cleanup and some shooting. He said that you know they watched film, they didn't do any running or bumps or anything like that. But Luka participated in all of it. He also did a workout yesterday, so that means Saturday uh, he did a workout, which is good. Um, <laughs> Jason Kidd wanted to clarify. I'm not sure what speed he was going at. And then he kind of gave a little laugh because Luca just works at a different speed than everybody's. And not sure what speed he was going at, but he did do a workout. Are we feeling better about where Luca is right now? Uh, feeling better, yes. I got Mirren Fader Christmas Day vibes of after the <laughs> game on Saturday. They're like, Mavs will practice tomorrow morning, Easter morning. Uh, and I, I started laughing. I was like, of course they're going to practice and <laughs> in between little, the games. A little different than Christmas. It is a little different, I know. But one of them, Jesus was born. The other one, he was he rose again. I mean, I don't know, man. If we want to get into the doctrine of it, I don't know if you know anything about that. But uh, no, but but good good news on Luca's front. Like we, you know, going into the game good news, <laughs> the good news <laughs> going into game one. You know, we were just like 
reading the tea leaves here of like, hey, you got to at least have some, you got to hit some milestones before you can come back. Like you at least got to practice a little bit. Right. It's the whole Ben Simmons stuff. One versus zero, you know, like. He's going to play in game four, <laughs> but he's only playing one on zero. That's what Luca's doing right now. He's playing one on zero. Yeah, so he's at least out there. It seems like he's off the bike at least doing a few more things. So good, good sign. I don't think it means he's playing on, you know, Monday, but it's a good sign. Yeah, on Sunday, Jason Kidd said yesterday was another good day. Today, he was back on the court. We'll see how he feels tomorrow because... I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. <laughs> Every little stammer just gets me in that drop. It's amazing. <laughs> but today, let's get into what worked and what didn't in game one. Um, let's start with a couple things that worked in this one. I still believe, I still think that Brunson and Dinwiddie can get to their spots. I still believe, I still believe in your faithfulness and your truth <laughs> that Dinwiddie and Brunson can still get to their spots and get their shots. It just takes a ton of work to get there. Did you plan that? <laughs> what? I still believe they get to their spots and get their shots. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't plan it, no. But um, I, I still think it. It just takes so much work for those guys that I wonder yeah. if it's going to be too much that it just wears them down for the fourth quarter. Yeah, I kind of want to backtrack on a little something I said yesterday. I think I went a little too far of saying, hey, they got 20, let's go. Like, I, I was, that that I, think was I, per- I think I portrayed it a little bit too excited on that and that we need more because they weren't something we I didn't clarify in that was they weren't really efficient in that. You look at their three pointers yesterday, you know, they were one of seven combined. Dinwiddie, oh four from three. So like you just have to have more, especially in a game without Luca. So I get it. I seen some of the comments. I appreciate the feedback. Yes, sure. Um <laughs> but but no and I I do think you're saying you it, it's a positive for you that they got they got to the spots they got their shots and all of that. I I think they could do a little bit more. I think offense wise of just clearing up, letting them have a little bit more open looks sometimes because like like you said, I thought a lot of Brunson's stuff was it wasn't easy for him. No, no, it's not. And if we want to, uh, do we want? I think we can go back and forth on some things that worked and what didn't. If I go on to what didn't work, like Brunson didn't take an easy shot the entire game, not at all. And that's sort of his game, though, is he takes these tough shots. He takes these shots where he has the herky-jerky, you know, like the offbeat rhythm offense where he's able to just get a shot off before someone's expecting it. The the floaters that he can get off before somebody even tries to contest because the defender's just not ready. They don't, have, they don't have enough time to load up and actually contest the shot. That's the kind of stuff that he does, and he does well, and he can get those things. He can get those shots against this Jazz team. It just depends on... How, how sharp is he, right? Like, how good is he? They need Brunson at really sharp, really good A-plus game, right? They need him yeah. at that. But he can still get to those shots. And so I think that those shots will still be there in game two. And for Dinwiddie, too, I, I think uh, – for Dinwiddie, I think he can still get to his spots. He has he has to do more <laughs> even than he did in, in uh, you know, game one. But the same for both of them, I guess. They both have to just do more on offense, which is asking a lot, but that's what happens when Luka's out. Yeah, <clears throat> I thought Dinwiddie had some poor decision making towards the end of game For one. Sure. You know him. Um, you know his his thing on this team is to drive, right? Like we need him to drive. We need him to draw a foul. And <clears throat> you know he got the switch on on Rudy a few times, and he just drove right at Rudy. And I, I love Dinwiddie, but driving at Rudy is probably not your best you know best thing to do 
Um, you know, some closeout stuff was kind of weird for him. I'm hoping for a bounce back game from Dinwiddie. I was more, if you just want to hone in on those two guys, Brunson yeah. and Dinwiddie, I was more a little bit one. I was left wanting more from Dinwiddie than I was from Brunson. Right. And uh, I mean, and Brunson went nine of 24 from the field. So there's definitely room for him to make improvement. But with Dinwiddie, I think what we were missing from him was the hot streak. He gets on when we've seen the best of Dinwiddie so far this year, he gets on a streak where he hits like three threes. He'll get to the basket a couple times because teams are respecting his shot. It opens up the floor and all of a sudden you just look up and Dinwiddie has 12, 13 points in a quarter. Right, that that's when you start seeing the real impact of Dinwiddie. We just didn't get that streak. If we honestly, if we got that hot streak from Dinwiddie, the Mavs probably win game one. They just yeah. didn't get that. He went over three from the from from three. Uh, he only had the one drive against against Gobert that I remember where he actually scored on him. Um, and then he had those terrible decisions down the stretch. Obviously, yes, got to the free throw line a lot, hit a bunch of free throws, missed free throws to his um, that he admitted to and said, you know, it's my fault and all that, but. Um, but yeah, if they got that hot, they, they got that one hot streak out of Dinwiddie that we've been used to seeing from him, the Mavs probably win that game, which is saying a lot. It is saying a lot. Um, something else, if we're going to stay on the, what, what we're doing well, no, we can, yeah. uh, we can coming up the weekend coming up, coming up <laughs> on the weekend. We'll tell you, <laughs> we'll tell you something else. The Mavericks did well that they should continue for game two. Something they have to keep doing to talk about coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about the best thing to do for your body. Something to do well for your body. What worked? Athletic Greens. AG1 is the product you should check out right now. I use it every single day. Didn't have time to go through all the vitamins, do all that kind of stuff. I wanted to take control of my gut health, get more energy, have an optimized immune system. Didn't want to take all those different pills and vitamins. So I wanted to take something that was good enough. That's AG1. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, whole for whole <laughs> food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and uh, and everything in there. The creator of AG1, the, the product from Athletic Greens, was taking like a hundred vitamins a day or something like that, or twenty-something vitamins a day that cost like a hundred bucks or something like that. And he was trying to figure out, okay, how do I get all this stuff that I need for my body for all these different problems that I have. And it not cost me a ton of money. And so he created AG1 and he wants to to bring it to you guys as well. It's a powder. You put it in eight ounces of water. It's really easy to to consume it. You just do it. The first thing you do every single day, it helps AG1. Go check it out. And you will get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs if you go to athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Got one right here. Protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The churro puff bar. Bam. Mm. Churro puff. Delicious. Delicious churro puff bar. 140 calories. 17 grams of protein. 6 grams of sugar in a bar covered in 100% chocolate. And you can tell these these ones have marshmallow in the middle. They're great. Mm. They're delicious. We eat them all the time. I had one at the Mavs playoff game. I'll probably have another one. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, to get 15% off your entire order. Again, promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen for your next listen. Go check out Lockdown Jazz or go listen to the Lockdown Now podcast. Lockdown Now is nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Isaac, uh, what else did the Mavs do that worked in game one? So... You know, we talked about this with, with Mike Shedd on Friday about them forcing twos, forcing them to take twos instead of threes. So you look at the regular season, 
Utah was 30th in the league in two-point attempts per game, meaning they shot a ton of three-pointers. They attempted 45 two-pointers a game. In game one, they attempted 61 two-pointers in the game. The game plan worked with, when it comes to that. Like Dallas wanted to get them off the three-point line, and they only shot 22 threes. They wanted to force them to take more twos, and they did it. And you got to do that against this team. They did it well, and they should continue it for game two. They took a high number of mid-range shots, basically, in this one. Uh, if you look on cleaning the glass, they have this ranking where they say, okay, how many of your, sh- how, what percentage of your shots came in the mid range? And then what does that rank as far as teams and normal, normal games that we've seen this season? The Jazz shot in the 89th percentile in mid range shots, like the most of, of many, many teams um, with that game. And they shot from three, the 11th percentile, like the bottom of all teams. Like it's a real dark orange, which is their highest, and a real dark blue for the threes, which is their lowest. Uh, And that's 100% what the Mavs tried to get the Jazz to do. Their defense worked in a lot of ways. If you heard kids' comments after the game, if you heard Spencer Dinwiddie's comments after the game, they didn't think that their defense... Uh, failed them at all, like in any stretch yeah. of the imagination. And they th- they were all pointing to the offense, saying the offense just didn't get it done. The offense just didn't get it done, which is probably why they worked on shooting <laughs> in practice on Sunday. But the defense was definitely one of the things. The limiting threes was huge for the Mavs and how it worked and what worked. I thought getting the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands for the most part. I mean, he took mm-hmm. 29 shots. He had that really good third quarter. But that first half, like, we didn't really hear Donovan Mitchell's name that much in that first half. He was one of nine. He had three assists. And he had, you know, uh, not much, not a ton of impact. Didn't take any free throws, missed both of his threes. We didn't see a lot of impact from Donovan Mitchell in that first half. And then in the second half, he, he turned it on. In the third quarter, he was able to get some stuff going. But the Mavs really succeeded, I thought, in that first half, getting the ball out of his hands. Yeah, for sure. I thought Dorian played really good defense on him. And then, I mean, he just went, you know, a little supernova a little bit. And uh, not really supernova, but had a bounce back third quarter for him. So, it's part of it. I thought they defended him well. Um, something else they did, unless you want to transition to. Now I got one the, more thing that worked. What in? Okay, so I also want to do big picture on this real quick of saying these teams are like they're pretty dead even when it comes to like just who they are. With in the sense of if Luca played, like I walked away from game one saying I think they're so close that I mean literally we're looking at free throws, we're looking at a few more made threes. And it, it it's swinging for the Mavs in game one without Luka. I think it's what, what's making this even more frustrating is like, if Luka played in this series, this series is a wrap in five or six games. Like, do you think that? Because I think yeah, so. Yeah, because we're going to go into <laughs> stuff that didn't work, and it's all stuff that Luka could have fixed, right? And, and I say that because I think, I think things are so, like it's so small looking at a few things because I thought it goes back to, I thought they had an incredible game plan. And a lot of those things that they tried to do, they actually did them. And it was just a small thing. Like you didn't want to, do, you know, like, I know we, we briefly texted about what the game plan for this pod was. And I'm like, can I just get on the pod and just say, hey, just make more shots? Like, because I think <laughs> a could, lot of, you could do that. I mean, it's just I, words. It's just words, 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 and words. And I'll just sum it up for you. <laughs> but um, shout out to YouTube comments. But that that's the thing. It's like, I, th- I think they should continue a lot of what they were doing. You just got to make you know a couple more open shots. Yeah, really. I mean, as long as the de- as long as the defense holds up too, which is something. And one of the things that really helped the Mavs was limiting 
Rudy Gobert's touches. It's been made a joke yeah. on Twitter about all kinds of, you know, Rudy Gobert doesn't get any touches. Donovan Mitchell passes. Did you to see the, his comments post game to the that? other team more than he passes to <laughs> to Rudy Gobert? Well, like Rudy Gobert even taking questions about that post game after a win about not getting very many touches and him drop talking about sacrifice and that's what I'm like. Mm, all right, I know somewhere you'll get a lot of touches. But we had David Locke on this podcast that said Rudy Gobert is the most efficient offensive player because if he scores, he's dunking, right? Like they, and they didn't get anything on they didn't get any on that. He had one field goal attempt. That was it. Mm. One. Two offensive rebounds, one field goal attempt, five points, and all five of them came from the free throw line. That's a that's a positive. I think that worked for the Mavs because they didn't get the, like they didn't let Dor- yep. they didn't let Rudy Gobert destroy them. I think it was Shed that mentioned this where uh you know when Lock did. Lock mentioned this when the yeah. Mavs would play the Jazz before. Uh, Gobert would get like twenty and ten or like twenty and fifteen against them because he would just dominate in you know the pick and roll and dominate in you know around the, the basket on offense. So that's I think something that didn't work. So all the but all those things have to work again in, in game two, right? Like you can't go back on any of these things and still expect to be a couple shots away from winning. Uh, I could see some of these things going in a different direction. The Jazz are probably going to come out and say. Hey, we got to take more than 22 threes, right? We got to we got to kick the ball out. We got to get to our shooters. We have to to get up some shots. And as much as the Mavs want to try and um, take those away, I don't think you can fully do that against a team that moves the ball as well as the Jazz do. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Let's so let's get into some stuff that didn't work. Yeah. So I have something that I don't. I think this is like in the middle ground. I don't. It didn't work because statistically, you have, you have a medium place thing that didn't. That yeah. didn't work. Because I feel like it's becoming a bigger thing after game one is this rebounding thing. Yeah. And, you know, media asked about the, you know, rebounding, you know, battle that with, you know, Dallas lost about 19 rebounds. I've seen people talking about it over the past 48 hours. Like I mentioned it. They were 15. The Mavs lost the rebounding battle 15 to five in that third quarter when they just got trounced. So, I mean, I think that that factored in a little bit. Yeah. So, and, you know, obviously some, you know, people responded to our podcast and stuff. So, you know what I did? I went back and looked at all looked at all 33 losses for the Jazz this season. Do you know how many of those losses they won the rebounding battle? The Jazz lost the game and they won the rebounding battle in that game that they lost. Yeah, 16 out of the 33 losses, they won the rebounding battle. So, so I say over that over half. <laughs> yeah, I say that of saying a little bit, a little bit. Oh yeah, and, yeah not 30, and, 33. And about, about half. <laughs> about half of them, but the other losses in which they lost and they lost the rebounding battle was games without Gobert because he missed the you know missed part of the season for the you know the calf strain. One of those games was without Whiteside and Gobert. So like that number could even be higher than sixteen in which games they lose with Rudy Gobert, but they win the rebounding battle. And I say that to say you could beat the Jazz and still lose the rebounding battle. Yes. This is why I'm not like losing sleep over it. This is why I said before, you know, the series of like, hey, like I'm almost like writing it off of like, we're going to lose the rebounding battle. We're probably going to lose points in the paint. And there you go. Like, I, I'm just, I don't, I just don't think it's like worth writing home about or writing, you know, an article or something about. I just don't think it's that big of a deal in the series. I could be wrong. It's just how I feel about it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It is it is a medium thing. It's a thing that we thought would be a, a problem, and or a thing that we thought would be a factor that would, or a thing, <laughs> a thing that we thought would happen that wouldn't necessarily matter, and it, it's proven to not. I mean, the Mavs got destroyed in the rebounding battle and still had a chance to win the game. 
right? Yeah. It came down to a couple of bounces of the ball here or there. If they could close the gap rebounding wise, would it make it easier? Sure. Probably. If they would want to be like the you know the Grizzlies and and win rebounding battles and get a bunch of boards and offensive boards and things like that. Sure. They just don't have the personnel to do that. Like you're just not changing anything, putting yeah. out Boban or even Marquise Chris or anybody. Like you're just not changing anything with the rebounding battle against this team, I don't think, personnel wise at this point. Where yeah. you're not losing something somewhere else. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like Boban Boban's not the answer, guys. No, I've this seen, is not a, this is not some, Denver. I've seen some people throw that out and it's just this is not the not the answer. I'm sorry. A uh, couple of let's let's get into some things that that didn't work. Um, the rest of the offense, <laughs> you know, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention that that worked was wing shooters. Reggie, Dorian, and Maxi went seven of eighteen from three. That's that's thirty eight point eight percent. That that worked, right? Those guys did hit their shots. Uh, other than that, like <laughs> the offense didn't seem like anything else super worked. The Mavs did get to the free throw line. Brunson had six free throw attempts. Dinwiddie, 16 free throw attempts. They forced the Jazz hand. Did they get a favorable whistle? Yes, sure. Jazz fans, fine. They, they did get a favorable whistle late in the game, for sure. Um, but what didn't work is mistakes down the stretch. You know, Dinwiddie made a ton of mistakes down the stretch. He was driving in, and he was trying to force the Jazz hand a little bit more and he would, you know, get indecisive. I thought he got really indecisive in that fourth quarter. He had that one drive late in the game yeah. where he like turned around and he like turned the ball over when he was turned around. It just he didn't didn't make a decision quick enough. Um, and yeah, I just thought that, that Dinwiddie didn't make great decisions down the stretch, and Brunson couldn't get his couldn't get his shot to go down the stretch. That they really struggled in that in the fourth quarter. Well, I be, I mean, you miss Luca all game, every game yeah. that he's not playing, but. It's in the clutch moments that you're like, oh, we really miss him. And I think the team, you know, because they're so used to, if there's ever a time in which you run everything through Luca, it's the end of the game. It's just, you know, those last few minutes of the fourth. So to have somebody else controlling the show, you know, it's probably different for them too. Coming up, let's go do a couple more things that didn't work. What else didn't work for the Mavs that they need to change in game two? We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered for all the odds, props, and lines for everything in sports. Go check it out. They have a lot of stuff for the NBA draft. They have stuff for um, for other sports. Baseball, I guess, if you're a baseball fan. Basketball. Mavs, Jazz, game two. What do you think the line is? Um, I'm going to say the spread is. Um, jazz minus 400. Well, it's Jazz minus 215. Okay. Which is not 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 a crazy high for for just the game, and the spread is the Jazz are favored by five and a half points. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Uh, if you want to go to the series, you can do the, the game. You can do the series for the series right now. The, the Jazz are a minus seven fifty favorite. Uh, so that's what you were thinking earlier. So uh, you can look at that. That's kind of interesting. Right now, the Timberwolves are a plus one twenty five favorite to win their series, even though they won game one. That one's interesting. Go check that out. Bet online. They have it all covered for you. It's bet online. It's where the game starts. All right, Isaac, let's keep talking about some things that didn't work to the maps need to change going into game two. Um, one thing that they can't change is Dwight Powell's offense. He had six field goal attempts. It was three putbacks, uh, one alley-oop dunk from a Jalen Brunson pick and roll that was actually against Rudy Gobert. And then he had a hook shot off of a dump off from Dinwiddie that just got completely blocked by, by Gobert. And then another dump off uh, hook shot that got blocked by Gobert. And then Dwight tried to put it back up. Um, but Dwight's offense just is a non-factor in this in this series probably because without Luca. So I got a new phone recently. 
And, you know, unless you're one of these people that likes to just risk it all with no phone case, you know, you got to have a phone <laughs> case on your phone. So I get a new phone and new phone comes in and I take the, you know, the old case off my old phone. I'm like, oh, dang, it doesn't fit on my new phone. Oh, well, now I don't have a use for it because the one thing that it did was working with my old phone. So Dwight Powell is like, <laughs> Dwight Powell is like my old phone case without Luca. There's really no, the, like, it depends on, like, you, you're going to get the most use and the, the best use out of that phone case if you actually have the right phone for the phone case. And uh, there's my analogy for the day. Dwight phone case. That was amazing. Thank yeah, you. and it's true. And he played 22 minutes, which has been his role this year. Right. He, he didn't get yeah. an expanded. He didn't get expanded minutes and he played his, you know, he played his role that he normally does. And uh, yeah, his offense just isn't a factor in the other jazz games this season with Luca. He has been a, a factor. And so it'd be interesting to see if, you know, when Luca does come, come back, if that changes and if he does get some more time, I will um, say we pointed out his plus minus. I don't think that, I mean, there's something there. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is there. Because defensively, he was good, right? That's that's yeah. another thing that, that worked was his defense. I thought he played great defense in this game. Had a couple of those huge blocks. He was good around the rim. I thought that he uh, he had four offensive rebounds. That You could, you should count that as, de- as defense, right? Because it's keeping a possession for yourself. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I thought that he he had a good defensive game and a bad offensive game, which is not something we're used to Dwight Powell doing in his career. Um, yeah. But but here we are under this new scheme. Uh, what's something else that didn't work in your opinion? Uh, them de- them defending Boyan Bogdanovich. You got to figure something else out with that. You know, I, I know Dallas wants to switch a lot. You know, he gets Brunson on him. He gets somebody smaller. You know, he's a bigger guy. He's a bigger wing, so he can you know actually put the ball on the floor and post up, and he can get pretty creative on the offensive end. But I just whatever their game plan against him, it just it didn't work and. uh they got to figure out something new with that. Do you think they're just okay with giving up Boyan 20, 25 point games? As long as they hold, you know, they hold, held Clarkson to just 10 points. Donovan Mitchell was held in check for the most part. Like Conley only had 13. You think they're I mean, okay with Boyan? I'm a, well, I think you're okay with it if you're keeping Donovan at 22. But if Donovan has 33 and then, you know, Boyan gets right at 30, 28, whatever you had, like, then uh, there's an issue then like because i get the whole like hey hey we're gonna take donovan out dare you have 20 points by donovan but it's like he's still at 33 so yeah he also anyway. 26 points on 20 shots not the most not the most efficient game necessarily True. either even though he shot 55 percent from the floor um didn't score in a in a Kyrie-esque way man like <laughs> Kyrie, good lord um something else didn't work was josh green threes here's here's my thing i can't I can live with guys that have shot 40% in a, in a season for three. Like there's one thing with like Dorian or Maxi or like Reggie out there missing like four or five threes, something I can't live. And you know, they're always going to be so confident. Hey, keep shooting them. You're going to get the open shots. Just keep shooting them. I don't know if I can live with Josh Green missing four threes a game in this series because he's just got to keep shooting when he's never hit 40% in a season before. Yeah, and it's it's almost like well, you just have like maybe he hits two of those, and then all of a sudden he becomes potentially a factor. But now that he's missed four, I mean, he did shoot thirty six percent from three this season, which is is good, right? He made, but he only took seventy eight of them. He yeah, barely took you know over one a game, and so 
I don't think they're going to, I don't think the Jazz are going to think Josh Green is a factor at all. And they're going to defend him with Gobert. They're going to defend him with Whiteside and they're going to slack off of him and give him as much space as possible. And so it's like, all right, do you want him to be the Dorian of, of a year ago, two years ago, where he's the one that has to hit the threes? Do you have that much confidence in him, Jason mm-hmm. Kidd? Like, do you have that much confidence that, that he can do that? Or, um, yeah, and he, he also, he took those four threes in, what did he play, 10 minutes? Right? <laughs> it was a big it was Because a big they'd leave him open on purpose. Because he was so open. And so that's definitely something to watch. Josh Green on offense, what else can he do? How else can he affect the offense? Because he is going to play a little bit as long as Luka is out. Because we ha- he has to spell Brunson and, and Dinwiddie a little bit, but but yeah, that did not work. <laughs> just, yeah. just did not work as, at, at all. Um, other things that, that didn't work in this game, um, man. I'll, I'll just go back to I'll, I'll go back to um, Dinwiddie and Brunson down the stretch. We got to get you got to get some other people involved, and you have to make decisive decisions. The, the times when guys are dribbling the ball, I think Kirk Kirk is big on this with his Stanley gift from the office where a guy is just dribbling the ball over and over and over again. Uh, you can't be dribbling the ball like nine, ten times in a possession. It's got to move a little bit. The Mavs offense still works well when you're moving, works the best when you're moving the ball. And it's to be decisive, be decisive, make a move, do this, you know, do that. Because um, Luca is the only one that can get away with that other stuff. Yeah, um, a hundred percent, and and I think that's why it's you know towards the end of the game you're asking a lot from these guys that are used to playing off Luca in these moments. So they have to do that better. They got to hit their free throws. Like I know we've talked about the free throw thing a lot. You know that they what well, had thirty four in the game, and it's the only way they got back in the game because they were forcing the refs' hand. Like they're off, they couldn't get like their shots weren't going, and so they had to force the refs' hand. A lot of Jazz fans today were were saying, "Well, the Mavs got such a good whistle." The Mavs also just drove in a lot and like like, like created yeah. contact and made those things happen. The Jazz don't they don't do that, right? Like they don't have a lot of guys that create a lot of contact and and do that. And the Mavs usually don't either. The Mavs usually don't attempt a lot of free throws. We mentioned that a lot before this this series. They were twenty sixth in the NBA in free throws, but they forced the hand a lot because Brunson and Dinwiddie had to just keep attacking. They just had to keep attacking. That's the only thing that they could could do if their shots weren't falling. If they couldn't get any other shots. Um, you know, set up for other guys. And so, yeah, they had to force the hand a lot. And that's what kept them in the game was free throws. Yeah. And I mean, and they just got to hit, they got to hit them better. You know, there's 76% in game one and, you know, well, what they, I, I'll, I'll go with that. And I'll, I'll agree with Dinwiddie. That is just basically Dinwiddie missing six because <laughs> Brunson missed one. Davis Bertans missed one. Everybody else was perfect from the line. It's literally just Dinwiddie. Is that so percentage. Spencer, you yeah, need missing to... six. Um, and the Mavs lose by six. <clears throat> You know, second chance points, they lost that pretty good. That didn't work well for them. I mean, this is part of the rebounding thing, but, you know, I think it was 20 to 7, I think, you know, second chance points in this game. So, um, you know, that's yeah, it was 20 to 7. But ultimately for Dallas, it comes back down to that dang three-point shooting. And can, you know, they, they attempted 32 in the game. They only hit nine of them. And like you said, you know, Reggie and Dorian, they hit, you know, they had to combine five of those nine. So here's my thing. Reggie attempted eight. Dorian attempted five. Can we get those guys to like 10 each in game two? <laughs> like, I just want them the to hard, get closer hard, to that 40 number. I know. The hard part is when when Reggie and Dorian are taking threes, it's because they're wide open. So you have to create those shots first yeah. in order for them because they can't create them for themselves. And so you have to be able to create those opportunities from Brunson Dinwiddie. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's Luka Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, with Luka out. Yeah, so I mean, 
They got to shoot better. Words, words, words. Words, words, words. Shoot the ball better and Mavs win the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it comes down to. There you go. Let us know in the comment section what else, what else do you think they need to do better and uh, change in game two. We'll talk about all that. We'll break it down for you after the game. We'll have a post-game pod after every single game. Uh, we should be there. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockout Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.